Blog Talk Radio. Some days life feels perfect, other days it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between. Yo, it's crazy, amazing, we can turn our hearts through the words we say. Mountains crumble with every syllable, hope can live or die. So speak life, speak life, through the dead and darkest night. Speak life, speak life, when the sun won't shine and you don't know why. Look into the eyes of the broken hearted, watch them come alive as soon as you speak hope, you speak love, you So that uh, I was still able to be on the panel, 
And with that, um, I was able to talk about my book, Tired of Being Black, um, and my other book, From the Heart of a Teach. I was able to share my personal story, and that sparked a lot of interest. And so uh, I sold a couple of um, uh, paperbacks uh, at the event, but I also uh, made at least one online sale. Somebody downloaded uh, to their Kindle. But Saturday, my book was ranked 1.7 million something on the Amazon uh, Kindle list, which, you know, that that's pretty far down. Uh, but by the time I woke up Sunday, it was at number 280,000. Um, and then in one particular category, uh, anthologies, um, it had made it all the way to number 160, and then last night it got it got all the way up to number 42 on the list. Um, and then I even looked today, and it was at number 40. So uh, my book has been uh, my book, Tired of Being Black, has been on the Amazon uh, Kindle uh, bestsellers list for over 24 hours now. So uh, I'm just very grateful and appreciative. Uh, to all of those who continue to support my, my, my writings and my works and definitely uh, have to thank God for uh, the opportunities that uh, he keeps blessing me with. So uh, very excited, uh, looking to continue to push the book. And uh, for those of you listening, uh, the book is called Tired of Being Black. Um, you can uh, download it on Amazon Kindle for uh, $3.99. Uh, the paperback is uh, the retail price is $10.95. And, to answer this question, because I got it last night, somebody said, how can you be tired of being black? And I told them, I never said I was tired of being black, but you have to read the book in order to understand the title. Don't judge the title and say, ooh, I don't want to read that because I'm not tired of being black or I love being black. That's not what the book is about. So uh, don't let that keep you from, from reading the book. I guarantee you, if you read it, you'll want to pass it on to somebody else, definitely um, young black males between the ages of 18 and 25. So thank you again, Tammy, for allowing me to share that great news. And everyone, please support and uh, buy the book. All right. Well, you got to tell them how, and then we'll get going. So you, so you can get the book a uh, number of different ways. Um, uh, the book is sold through any book retailers, the major ones like Barnes & Noble and uh, Amazon. Uh, but it's also uh, available through any book retailer. Everyone carries the book. Um, you can also um, uh, go through my publisher, iUniverse. Just go to their uh, site, type in Tired of Being Black, and the book will come up. Um, if you are a teacher, you will actually get uh, a 50% discount. Unless they've changed things, you can get a 50% discount um, on your purchase um, if you uh, can verify that you are a that you are an educator. Uh, I had a principal up in uh, Washington, Tacoma, Washington, two years ago, uh, purchased 42 copies uh, for some of his students. Um, so you, you're able to get a, a discount. Um, you can also go to my website, www.yourfaithteacher.com. That's www.yourfav, as in violin, uh, teacher.com. You can also email me directly at Jordan. J-O-R-D-A-N, literature, L-I-T-E-R-A-T-U-R-E, uh, at gmail at gmail.com. Uh, so uh, hopefully uh, I'll uh, learn about some of you guys reading the book, and uh, it's definitely a great discussion starter. So uh, thank you for your support. 
All right. Well, thanks, Rodney. I wanted to, in more ways than one, um, I, d- I wanted you to share that first because I just feel like it's a, it's just a, a testimony because rarely, you guys, do I hear Rodney pushing his book. Rarely. I mean, I think I talk about it more than, than he does because I was so taken by the title. The title is what drew me in to even contact Rodney, um, seems like many, many years ago, but I remember uh, a couple of months ago, Rodney just kind of said, I'm going to, I'm just going to relax, basically. I'm going to stop trying to force things and force people. And it seems that once he did that, things just started opening up invites and, and, you know, the book being where it is now. So I just, I, I take such, I guess, I just rest in that because in this world, we can get so tied up, um, so relevant to the topic tonight. We can get so caught up in this world and trying to find our place when our place is in the midst of God. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And I think his righteousness, we miss that. But if we would just do that, just rest there, just rest there and trust God, I think you will see just what Rodney is seeing now. But we try to fit in here, fit in there, and this world will 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 eat you alive uh, a couple of times if you are not careful and make sure that you are walking in your purpose and understand what that means, the power that comes with purpose and the purpose and the power and what love and and just doing what Jesus did, how living how he lived. So there is so much. I know it's kind of you. You may think it's off the topic, but I feel like we are we are where we are. And, and tonight we're talking about what role does the church play in where do we go from here? And so um, I think again, just just speaking about that and touching on that before we get started is it was important to me. So um, want to remind everybody because we probably will, and I see our our callers out there, our, our special guests. We're going to pull you in in just a second. Uh, Corey, yes, see Corey as well. So we're going to pull you guys in in just a second. I want to remind everyone, if you're listening on by way of that you called in, the 818 number, remember if you have a question or comment tonight, select the number one. And the way that we will pull you into queue is we will provide or identify you by your area code, the number you're calling from, so the area code and your last or the last four digits of your number is the way that we will pull you into queue if you have a question or comment, but you do have to select the number one in order for us to know that you're there and want want to um, come in live with us. For the chat room, if you're listening out, the chat room, you do have to be a registered follower to uh, submit your questions or comments there through the chat room. Uh, Rodney and I will monitor it as best we can uh, throughout the show, but we will definitely get your questions and comments in. A great number of you uh, listen through Facebook by selecting the link there uh, where the event was or just from our pages. Remember, we will uh, we, we have to log back into Facebook or click over to Facebook to see your comments there, but please do keep them coming as we will throughout the show check our Facebook pages as well. But Whatever you do and however you do it, please do share your comments and questions tonight. I want to remind you all of uh, the event that is going to take place this Saturday, the 27th at 3 o'clock from 3 to 6. We will at New Hope Christian Church, and uh, our guest, Pastor Jesse Somerville, is uh, the pastor there and is going to join us tonight to talk about 
you know, just just the role of the church in basically where we are and where do we go from here. But we do want you to join us Saturday as well. Bring your your youth and, and young people, your youth groups, you know, bring them because Corey, the event um, organizer, is basically focusing on our young people. And we're going to talk about that as we go through the show tonight. So lastly, want to remind you of, of, a, of our trash can baby, our trash can concept. Butterfly evolution is about transformation, about change through the process of, of knowing who you are, self-awareness, and, and stepping out of your box into your purpose, into your passion. No excuses being unapologetically you, no excuses. And so one thing we do and like to promote in order to promote change or just to have you think about your mind, the mindset, and how we keep up with things, we ask that you move your trash can or a trash can that you frequently visit. For me, it was the one in my kitchen, and most ladies probably will find it to be the same, but for me, it was the trash can in the kitchen. When you move it, monitor, after moving it, monitor how often you return back to its old location. You can do this. I found out a couple of weeks ago that you can do this with anything. I moved some furniture around, and I'm so used to coming in my door, and there's a table right there, and I came in, and without thinking, I had uh, many things in my hand, and I just turned around and thought I was placing my purse on this table, but of course, I had moved the table and put just a small little, 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 I guess, whatnot stand there that fits flat flush to my to my wall, so it was not big enough. So I just turned around and dropped my purse, well, put my purse on the table, but my purse dropped to the floor. And again, I was reminded about my own mindset. Sounds insignificant likely, but in doing so, ask yourself, what else am I keeping up with just out of habit? What am I doing just out of habit, afraid of change? What am I allowing to take place in my life or to or remain in my life just because I'm used to it? I know this part of my life. I know what I have. And I'm I'm a, and, and it keeps you Sometimes it keeps you from moving and stepping forward. Again, relevant to our, our topic tonight because where we are in most cases, if we remain there knowing that it's not a good place, knowing that we are not progressing, knowing that we are not moving into our purpose, we're not living with passion, then we're in a place of fear. And we've got accustomed to where we are, regardless of how good or bad it is for us or how bad it is for us. If we stay there, then we must ask the question, why? What would make a person remain in, in, in things and situations that is not good for them? So let's, without further ado, let's bring in our special guest tonight. What we're going to do is start. I'm going to pull both of you in. We're going to pull... Corey in here, 501, last four digits, 7657. We're going to pull Pastor Jesse Somerville in from 901, last four, 9372. Are you guys in with us? Go ahead, Jesse. Uh, Tammy. Yeah, I'm Corey? here. I'm here. Yeah, I'm okay. here, Tammy. Pastor Somerville? Yes, I am. I'm here. All right. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? Good, 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 good. good. I, I, am, I am so excited. Uh, to hear this confirmation of what you were just saying about purpose 
I was re- I'm reading a book right now called The, the Purpose Driven Life, and 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 um, we can have we could be. We could be successful. Let me put it like this: We can be successful. We can, we can, we can choose our careers and our hobbies, but we can't choose our purpose in life. That 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 comes from God, and um, and our young people. I, I I'm I'm encouraged at the same time as a challenge as well. Um. Uh, to say where we are, you know, here in Covington, I am excited about New Hope and 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 what we're and the small group of people that we have has come together to try and reach um, the younger generation because I think that there are, uh, a lot of them are headed in the wrong direction. I, my wife and I deal with situations ourselves, um, and and and. Um, I'm very active um, in here in the community. I, I don't. I'm blessed not to be able to work, um, and uh, I, I enjoy working with the young people here. Um, here in Covington, I do a lot with the school system, volunteer, and uh, and I know that that's my purpose, and I I'm trying to. We're trying to a new hope is to reach our community, uh, especially our young people. Okay, okay, wonderful, wonderful. Now tell us where, um, if you don't mind, just for the people who are maybe wanting to visit, and we'll give out the address for the event as well, but tell us where New Hope is, your your service time, um, in case someone is, is looking and, and out your way and would like to visit. Okay. Our church is located on the north end of town, uh, 1525 Wooten uh, Street. Um, is a lot of people in Covington are uh, familiar with the area. It's called the Sub, and uh, we're our church is actually in the Sub. Uh, our Sunday services are at um, Sunday school starts at nine. Morning worship starts between nine fifteen and nine, and uh, not nine ten fifteen. And ten thirty, and we have um, prayer on uh, Monday nights. I'm usually here. It's from six to seven, but I'm usually here around three, between three and three thirty, because we have some at work, and, and they, they, we uh, try to let them come and pray if they don't want to get back out. And then on Wednesday nights, we have Bible study that um, uh, starts at six forty-five. And again, I'm here again around three or three thirty for ones that want to come early for prayer on um, on Wednesday nights. And then we have some other special services that we we announce uh, monthly. Okay. And the youth okay. department. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm writing it down. Youth department, especially that part. Yeah. Go ahead. We we we're in the process. Of 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 uh, getting a set you some Wednesday nights we we'll, we'll have youth night instead of Bible study, but we're we're playing with trying to do either Thursday or or Friday every week youth night, um, 
but we hadn't put that in concrete. And uh, we have members that are diligently working hard to uh, make sure that we line things up and have things offer for the kids here for youth as well. Okay. Well, before we bring Corey in, I want to just uh, tell you something that you meeting you for the first time, you and your lovely wife, that Saturday we met about the event. It's something that mm-hmm. I will always remember you by. Uh, you sat there and you listened with such, um, I don't know the word for it. It was just you were so in tune to the, to the, to the young people that were there. And mm-hmm. you did not say much until you kind of started talking at the very end. But what that, what that said to me is that because rarely in, in, in my life, rarely do you sit down, especially young people um, that were there tonight or anybody, and, and a pastor listened. Rarely do you, that usually they're, they're talking, they're wanting to talk, but you sat there and you listened. And you said towards the end that you were so blessed by the conversation, mm-hmm. and you, you got so much from it. And I, I think that spoke and does speak volumes, especially for young people who are so passionate about making a difference in this world. I'm so thankful for Corey just saying, mm-hmm. hey, let, let, let's help, let's help, but let's also yeah. step back and allow our young people who have a, those for those who have a thirst mm-hmm. for this change yeah. and a desire at the same time, to be pleasing mm-hmm. to God, it's something right. different about these young people today that have those things. They are willing. They are willing to step forward and move and move. And so I'm thankful for you just being humble enough. Um, I'm thankful for your wife and, and looking forward to meeting her because, you know, her words as a as mother to mother blessed me as mm-hmm. well. And so it's nice to come across Pastors and pastors' wives who are people who who let you know we're just people too. We we are we are thirsting for God, but we have the same struggles, and we have some days where we get up where we need you more, and we we have some days where we get up when we can be more for you. So I'm thankful for that, and just wanted to share that with you because I did not I did not get the chance to say that to you. So, yeah. um, the, 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 go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say the, the the feeling was totally mutual, and uh, my wife is here now. I, to be honest, I, I've been knowing Corey a while, maybe not personally, but I've I've heard him speak maybe two or three years ago, and I was very impressed with him. And uh, when we when we when we were putting this together, you know, I, I I let him uh, put it together. And when I was when I met you all, and I was the evening, because my wife and I we actually canceled something in order to be at the meeting because I wanted to meet you know um, who Corey had to speak. I wanted to meet them because he was he's humble too because he was putting them over him. <laughs> but uh, right. I, I was I listened I listened that night because. Um, I was impressed with what Brandon and Nick and Corey. I was just impressed with their education and knowledge, and and and, 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 and you know I, I I got a lot from it, and I, it made me want to inspire to learn more because I want to be able to reach 
And whatever I can learn, regardless of what the age is, uh, I talked to a dog trainer one time. He told me that he can learn something from a baby. And those were not babies, Brandon and Nick and Corey. And, 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 but to hear them talk and the knowledge that they have, I am just excited about Saturday, uh, about hearing them for the time they got allotted out to speak. Uh, and, and to be honest, I, 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 I take um, the history of our culture and our people more seriously now because I was a math and science man growing up. But, you know, I, I just enjoy hearing them, and I'm looking totally forward to Saturday I, um, to hearing them in depth again and, I, and, and to learn. You know, you know and, that's, and we're never too old to learn. God. All right. Well, Corey, we're going to turn it over to hey, you if you want to just tell them about the event and just, just whatever. We've kept you waiting, so just tell us who you are. You are a regular on the show, so everybody probably knows. So, so just uh, tell us what you have going for Saturday. All right. Uh, Saturday, what our event, uh, our event starts at 3 o'clock. Uh, what we want to do is we want to, to draw the young youth in. That's That's our goal. That's our main goal. But what I was mentioning in church the other day, this is nothing that we we're looking to do just for now. This is something that we're actually sowing seeds now to reap later on. Because I know me and you've discussed, we want to make more than one event out of this. We want to at least do two or three more events where we can build on this and make it something great where people can look forward to it. Uh, one of the things that we want to focus on is that we want to make uh, our youth leaders right now. We don't want them to have to wait. We don't want them to have to, to be around and for somebody to die for them to take the, the, the helm. We want them to, to focus on now. What can they do now to change their situation, to change our situation? Well, the other part of what we want, we want to look at is, too, is that how do we make the church not just a building but a living work? How do you make that become a living work for God in order to do those type of things? Mm, so that's okay. that's kind of where I'm going with that. So I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay that foundation there. You know, I'm gonna go. I'll probably go in a little bit more. You know, I'm, I'm the big mouth one on the radio, so uh, I'm gonna leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna leave it there, and, and we'll go for. And as they fill the question, then I, I'll I'll have more information. But right now, is that how do we get from just being a a a, a dormant type place? Mm-hmm. Because God does not dwell in fear. He does not deal with fear. He despises mm-hmm. but fear. And to me, the church has become a fearful place of going out and being out of their comfort zone. So I want to take our church out of our comfort zone, put us out there, put us in the forefront, let us be the leaders, and show them how it should be done and be the blueprint of what should be happening. That's what that's what I'm envisioning with this whole event. Okay, okay. Rodney, any, any questions on your end, Rodney? Uh, I'm just waiting for them to uh, get into the uh, to the uh, you know the meat of the uh, of the conversation uh, before before I ask my questions. I do have some though, but uh, but I'm I'm, okay. I'm holding them off. <laughs> okay, well I'm I'm ready to get into the meat of it because I have I have a lot of questions. Uh, are you are you guys ready for to start with the questions? Or you want to just kind of uh, talk a bit more and lead into those? Or are you ready for some questions? I'll I leave it uh, to Pastor Somerville. I, I'm gonna follow his lead. Uh, how he want to you know direct us, and I will go from there. Oh yes. Okay, Pastor. Okay, well let's let's move into some questions then. I, I, uh, Corey, you just mentioned how do we make church um, not just a building, and so I'll start. I'm gonna. I have this question further down my list, but since you since you kind of put that out there, 
let's start by just kind of addressing um, from everyone where where do you feel we are now as, as a people? Where do you feel we are now? But before you, you answer that one, why do you feel that there are so many churches? It seems like there is one on every corner in a particular neighborhood. Why do you think that is so? Is it needed? And then if you could go back to where where are we now? Where do you feel we are now? We'll start with uh, uh, Pastor. I don't. Pastor Somerville is going to go first, and I'll follow behind him. Okay. I don't. I don't. I don't think that there should be a church on every corner. Uh, I think personally that that comes from um, ministers getting within themselves, so to speak. Uh, uh, but I don't personally think that, that that there should be a church on every corner. Uh, uh, the as far as how we reach uh, the community, um, we have to get out. We got to do more. We got to be more active. Uh, Corey and I talked about this Sunday. You know, we have to have something to offer them. And 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 I think when you get in churches on every corner, is you may have one somebody that hasn't found what they're looking for, and hasn't looked hard enough. Um, but as uh, far as reaching. We have to get out and do more. I, I know there there are a lot of kids that know me because I've, I've been over the uh, booster club of the basketball team at school. Uh, I've done volunteer work at the schools for all the kids in the community. They know me uh, for that. And I think we have to do more of those type things, you know, give. Uh, for instance, at the beginning of school year, we give out pencils, pen, papers, book bags. Uh, Thanksgiving, we give. And, and and I I make the same point Sunday. You know, it takes money to minister, but we have to play a more active role in the community, getting out there and actually mixing and mingling uh with the citizens and the people of our community. Um and and we, we wanna minister to them uh in all aspects, spiritually, intellectually, physically, emotionally, uh and it takes a body uh, working together within a few, just a few people to do those things. Okay, Corey. All right, you know, I'm, I'm going to take you back. I'm going to take you back. I'm, I'm going to address the part of of uh, how do we get on the how do we get every every church on the street corner? All right, um, and it, I think when we first met, I did a, a speech about the pulpit pimp. Remember, I did. You know, so. And you have to look at that. You have, we have to look at, and we have to take into in the, account uh, where our history came from and how did we get into this whole thing of being a uh, church, or uh, how did we get in, into the being of this whole thing. If you look at it uh, right before, right after Reconstruction, one of the most prominent professions that we had, we had two. We had either you could be a doctor or you can be a preacher. Most preachers could not read it during that time. So what they did was they memorized what their slave masters had told them about the Bible. So as they came into it, like like uh, Pastor Somerville just said, they got into themselves. So it, there was a means of of um, I would say taking care of their family. There was a means of be, becoming some somebody in society. So in order to, and so there was just a, there was a place of coming where I know I got because black people are so spiritual. 
this or even uh, a place where I can get easy money. And it became just that. It did not. It was no longer a place of where I can go get power or I can go get uh, salvation and things like that. It became a per- It became a place of money. That's why a lot of people don't believe in church because of that particular time frame. That's what it was. We had a lot of poor pit pimps that were pimping people and not giving anything back. People was going to church, was not receiving, so therefore all they were doing was giving. See, church is a place of gi- it's a place it's a place of giving. You go mm-hmm. to church to receive. You go to church to when you go in there, you should never come out the same way you went in. If you did, something went wrong. If you did, you didn't get the message because something mentally did not click in. So now to say that we we became fearful and we became despised of our ourselves. Uh, Rodney has one of the things he always said that when we got something, we lost some of who we who we were. Yeah. So as the church began to get bigger, there's nothing wrong with a mega church. But the problem is, is that they they put the the preacher above God, and the preacher becomes God. He gives it to himself. Then he go open another church. Now he got three or four churches, and he can't. He don't even know his own members. So how can you yeah. minister to someone if you don't know them? Because in order to minister to someone, you have to been through something, and most of them have never been through anything other than pimping the next person. So that's the history side of it. So how did the church get to, get to be the leader, or get to be their forefront? Like Pastor Somerville said, we got to get out there. We got to beat those streets. We can't beat them across the head with the Bible every day. Right. Because see, at some point, at some point, that Bible becomes it becomes you become numb to the Bible. If you hit, if all you're doing is throwing the Bible across somebody's head every day, it's like whooping them. They become numb. It becomes useless. Mm-hmm. Now, but if you take that away and feed it to them slowly, and give them something, some power within those words, show them how to use those words to live, to survive, to go to the to the next level. That changes everything. Not only will that change our kids, that it will change our men. And that's why that's why men are not in church because the church fails to give men power. It gives more women power than it does the men. So therefore, we're the only race where women are trying to take the role of the man, and the man is taking the role of the woman. We're the only race that does that. So, that's my spiel on that. <laughs> this is Rodney. Uh, my my question is is kind of uh, along uh, the same the same lines of Tammy's, um, and uh, um, I just want to say real quick. I think that uh, I think that people are so greedy and so selfish to the point where we'd rather do the same thing to our own people what was done to us, and that is. We'd rather use the Bible to become wealthy, um, to to gain financial and materialistic things, as opposed to actually um, going by the Bible. And so, uh, because of this, because of this greed, um, you know, we we have so many churches. Everybody claims that God called them. Everybody claims that God talks to them, and mm-hmm. and, and and so. For me, and people might think I'm a, I'm, I'm a smart aleck, but God talks too much. If, if God does all this talking, he talks too much because there's just so much talk. And, and all of these messages contradict one another. You know, you have, you go to one church, they tell you one thing. You go to another church, they tell you something different. And so what I do believe is that if you are a Christian and you are a Bible-believing person, if what you are hearing contradicts the Bible, then you might want to 
reconsider following what you are being told because no one should be telling you anything that contradicts the Bible if that's what you believe in. Um, I do want to ask you guys uh, this question, though, and, and, and again, it's right along the same lines. Um, in First Timothy, in First in First Timothy, uh, chapter three, verse five, it says, "For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how mm-hmm. shall he take care of the church of God?" So. I do want you guys to to, to answer that, but the reason why I'm asking that is this. You have so many, at least in my experiences, I've heard so many uh, people, you know, uh, I guess defend the pastors having unruly children or the pastors having children who are living these sinful and uh, wild lives, like willfully, like the pastor's Children are a mess, and you know people defend them and say, "Well, you know, they're, they're they're a preacher's kid. You know, that's how preachers' kids are." But that's not what the Word of God says. So how how is it that we have all of these pastors leading the church, yet they can't even lead their own house? Well, um, that <clears throat> I think the church. Starts in the home. I, I feel that you know, whatever is at home in the members that belong to the church, whatever is in their home, I feel uh, uh, comes to church. That's what's going to be at church, and and for a leader um, not to rule his own home, he can't rule the church. He can't be over the church. He can't if he if he's not in authority at his home. And on the other hand, um, I've I've uh, I was blessed and privileged. My father was a minister growing up. Um, uh, and he is the founder of the church here in New Hope, and he's you know, the pastor really. I'm his assistant, uh, but. Uh, what, what you were saying, uh, Brother Rodney, about our kids, you can you can raise a kid, you can rear them in the Lord, bring them to church every Sunday, every Wednesday, every youth service, and there's still no guarantee um, uh, that they're going to do what's right. I, I, I know make a Pastors of mega churches. I, I've been around church all of my life. I'm 45 years old, and I've seen it happen. And my wife and I are dealing with a situation right now, uh, and 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 it made me really to look. You know, what, what is this something that we're not doing correctly, or is there something that uh, I'm missing? Because kids are different, uh, Rodney, and 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 and. and um, I don't. I look at it as a challenge, rather than than something that's that's hindering me. I'm looking at it like you know, how can I attack this situation uh, from a different point of view? Uh, but we have you know uh, kids that, that are raised in church that don't 
always live up, but but we ought to train them, and they're gonna still know. I believe that they know in their mind, because we 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 train them up in the way of the Lord, and when they they should not uh, uh, turn away. But I think they know in their minds, but they choose to go another way. Uh, the prodigal son, he was raised, and and he got older and wanted to see for himself. I believe that when they get in enough trouble, they'll know where to turn to. Um, but I feel like a leader does need to be the rule and run his own home uh, because that is that is brought back to the church. This is Tammy. I, have, I want to make a, a comment on this. I, and I, I remember a couple of things. Two people came to mind, and I was actually looking for this video. And if I find it, I'll share it. Um one person, T.D. Jakes, and I, and I didn't know this until maybe a year ago that T.D. Jakes' daughter, um, became, she was pregnant, I believe, 14, 15, really early on. And mm-hmm. when I heard her story, one, what what came to not her not her faults, not her issues, not her um, not the fact that she was a preacher's kid. What what mm-hmm. stood out to me was his love for her in spite of. And what right. she had agreed, what she had said to her dad is, I will go away so that this does not bring shame to you. Mm-hmm. And his yeah. response was, I will give all of this up because you mean more to me. And what I think some pastors do, I can't speak for all, but my opinion is that I think some pastors get so wrapped up into the life mm-hmm. of the church for whatever reason, uh-huh. good or bad. They get so wrapped up till they forget that their first their first commitment is to their family. As a husband, as a father, you're so busy ministering mm-hmm. for what and, and again we've talked about some of some of them are, are ministering for different reasons. And I think that even adds to it when you when you're hungry for that money, you really will forget about your family. And mm-hmm. I think Pastors may easily forget that I gotta minister my son. It's 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 like we did an, an event where we had the police officers out to speak to young kids, and we had an officer stand up and said, "You know what? I realize that what I'm telling you, I have not told my 16 year old son. He's a young black male. I am profiled on when I'm out of this uniform, so I know he is. So now what I need to do is I need to go home and inform my son of what he should and should not do. And sometimes we Mm -hmm. forget to do that. We forget, but we must remember, even as pastors, it starts at home. We should not give forgiveness Mm -hmm. outside of the house if we're not forgiven at home. You will see people that get up out of their bed, not say good morning to their spouses, but will go out and, and speak to the neighbors and stand up and talk for a while. For some reason, we think that it starts outside and that our most inner people in our circles, our families, don't deserve, I'm sorry, excuse me, I love you, can I help you with this? We forget. And and, and kids, preacher's kids, I can see where they would easily get caught up in this world because they feel like, you're giving everything you have to everybody else. But when you come home, we sometimes have nothing. I don't have a dad because my dad is everybody else's dad. I don't have a mm-hmm. husband because my husband is everybody else's caretaker or whatever, you know. And so I think um, 
and I'm going to I'm going to find this 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 video, but this is about the power of prayer, and it talks about a a pastor out of New York whose daughter uh, got heavily she she got on drugs so so heavy, and of course mother is saying no you got you got to give her money you got let you we have to take care of she comes every now and then she she wants money and off she's back out um, and she does her thing well one night this pastor. And father said, no more, no more. You, you are no longer welcome in this house. And, of course, mm-hmm. that caused a huge breakdown in the family. And long story short, he continued to pray. He, he was heavy. His spirit was heavy. He continued to pray for her. And one night while at prayer service, the, the congregation, some women in the congregation said that, and I believe it was a woman, said that we, we are moved to pray for your daughter. He didn't ask for this prayer. We need to, to call on Jesus for your daughter. And in doing so, they did. He went home. The daughter shows up in tears, and she, she, she wants to talk to her dad. And she said, were you, she, she called out this time in, that they were actually praying, and she wanted to know, were you praying for me? And she came home. And when I say she came home, she came to the Lord. And so sometimes it's not it's not always about something that the pastor has did or have, has not done because in a sense of not being able to rule the home. However, I do think pastors and people in general need to start with their, with their own kids and their own spouses and their own homes. So now hey, real quick, right, real quick this, is, this is Rodney real quick, uh, just to let you guys know. Uh, we're going to hear from Corey on this topic. But we do have uh, two callers waiting to uh, either ask a question or make a comment, and we also have some comments uh, from the uh, from the chat room. So uh, we do want to uh, hear from Corey, and then we want to pull our callers in. So callers, don't go anywhere. We're coming right to you. Hey, okay, Rodney, this is this is Corey. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pick it back off what you said. Uh, one of the things in the Bible that we fail to realize when it's dealing with our kids is. It's always it's always telling us to teach. It's, they focus on the, on the part of teaching. If you look at Ezekiel uh, eighteen, I think it's verse twenty somewhere up in there. It says the son shall not suffer for the inequities of the father, and the father shall not suffer for the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. So whatever the child does should not reflect upon the father that the father or mother has done what they're supposed to do. Because at the end of the day, once a child gets a certain age, they it's their part to do their their life. They have their own life to live. Now, I think the part that that we have a, pro- a problem with is that we put the pastor above God. And I'll keep on focusing back on that because that's what we do. Anytime that you allow that person to be, to become your God, then their they, their family life will become your family life because you're trying to emulate what they're doing. Now, another problem comes into play is that if a if a pastor or whomever allows their child to be sinful and then come into the church and still work, that is a problem. That's a big problem because you cannot – God does not dwell in confusion. God does not dwell in, in dishonesty and things like that. So I think when it comes to that, people sit back and watch. And they're gonna, they, wanna, they want to watch to see how, how the pastor is going to use that as their ministry. If they're going to use that as to help the next person, because a lot of times God takes us through things in order for us to suffer. So when the next person comes about, we can tell them how to get over it. 
And I think a lot of, a lot of pastors feel to to translate their message to the next person. They 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 dwell they deal on it and they get into themselves and they fail to realize that there was there was their chance to to go through something to teach the next person. And I think once we get into that, that spot of where we're trying to focus on what God got us to do, on what our purpose is, and what we should be doing, then that whole part about our our child our kids being unruly, our kids doing this and doing that, that that would that that mind frame those things will begin to change. Because at the end of the day, whatever we go through should be a ministry for the next person so they don't have to go through it so we can actually help somebody else. Because if you've never been through anything, it's hard to help somebody else through the next part. Because like, it's like being on drugs. I can't help a drug addict. I've never done drugs. Mm-hmm. There's some other things I can help people. I can, I, but I can help a homeless person because I've been homeless. Mm-hmm. So those things, gotcha. that's, that's, my, that's, that's my view on it. That's how I see it. All right. Well, okay. we're going to pull okay. it. <laughs> We're going to pull in our first caller from, from area area code 901, and the last four digits are 0546. Caller, you are on the air. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi. How y'all doing? Hey, Tammy. This is Corey's wife. Hey, guys. How hey, are you? How you doing? I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. Hey, Joaquin. Um. Hey, hey, Pastor. Hey, Pastor. <laughs> <laughs> hey, shout out to New Hope Christian Life Center. Yeah, in Covington. Um, uh, I was just, I, I, I clicked in when uh, Rodney talked about the pastor and the um, having a child and everything, but my pastor kind of cleared it up, and then my husband came behind and cleared it up, and then Tammy came and cleared it up because it's not about how. We are as ministers, pastors, evangelists, whatever we are, you know, whatever our purpose is, whatever God got us doing, it's not it's not to reflect on us how our children are. Because once, like they said, once they get a certain age, and me and my husband go through that with our oldest daughter and our oldest son, and they want to do what they want to do. But I don't allow it to affect how I am in church. I don't allow it to affect how people see me because they are grown. They're doing their own thing. Now, when a child is in my home and they are, uh, you know, teenage years and, you know, elementary school, yeah, you need to get on that because it is a reflection of you. But the the kids that we're talking about, the ones that um, can affect our ministry in a way, because we look at, when we look at young kids and we look at teenagers, we look at them like, oh, they bad. They need to, you know, get somewhere and sit down. You know, somebody in the church might can handle them. But we we need to focus on the the young adult, that that young youth area right there, because they have no one controlling their say-so's, their, their cans and their don'ts. And so when we would like to say that the pastor is at fault or the minister or whoever it is is at fault for what their kids do. It's unfair to the pastor or the minister or whoever it is because we cannot control their actions. And like she said, when we go to beat down on them, and I'm learning from, I'm talking from experience, not what I've heard, not what someone taught me, not what someone thinks. It is from my own experience. And when I will tell my child, my daughter especially, don't, 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 don't be, don't get, don't be. That makes her run exactly to whatever it is I have preached on not doing. And so I have learned to shut my mouth. And once I shut my mouth, they will stay up under me. They will take what I have to say. They will consider, they might still make mistakes because even us as pastors and ministers, and I'm not going to even just worry about the pastors and the ministers. I'm talking about adults as a whole. We still make mistakes. 
So we can tell ourselves in our head, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. But if we want to really do it, if our flesh really wants to do it, and we don't have that that one-on-one connection with the Lord, and we don't have that power, that Holy Ghost power, that thing that is um, keeping us and making us every day, we're going to do what we want to do. So if us as adults at 40, 50, 60, 70 years old still making those mistakes, of course we're going to make, uh, we can't expect our 20-year-olds, I always tell my daughter, I'd rather you be a young fool, yeah, the Bible said don't call them fools, but I'd rather you be a young fool than an old fool. So make all your mistakes now, because once you hit the late 25s and 30s, I'm looking at you like you need to get somewhere and have several seats. So that's how I look at it. But getting back on the topic as far as how we're going to work with the youth, we can't be afraid. We can't be afraid of what their mama going to say. We can't be afraid of what the church going to say. We can't be afraid of how we are going to offend people because we're trying to save the generation that's going to be ruling this country. So for us to be sitting up saying, well, I can't say this, I can't do that, we can't be over here, we can't. No, that is not because we worried about the people in the church, but everybody in the church say they say. God, when we stand before God, he's going to want to know what your good works is. So he wants you to be out there in that community. He wants you to be saving what's left to be saved. Because this 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 world is going to, you know what, in a, hell, in a handbasket. I was in Atlanta. I just made it back from Atlanta, not even 25 minutes ago. And I was in Atlanta, and I was coming from the hair show. And everywhere I turned, there were black people. I know I'm just saying, there might be some Caucasians on here, but there were black people that were on the corner that were saying, vote for Donald Trump. And they were, I mean, fighting hard for you to buy shirts and, and hats and all these things for Donald Trump to get into office. And these things that we do not need for it to happen, because if this happens, we are going to be a loss cause, because he is going to ensure that we stay down where we think we are. And if we do not get a hold to our community, our youth right now, we can give it up. So we can't be afraid of going out to the youth. We can't be afraid of introducing things to the church. Yes, it hurts because people don't like change. People don't like hard change. If you go in there pacifying, people will be like, well, I'm still going to do what I want to do. It is time for hard change. And if you are afraid to do that, then you might as well have a seat because God is uh, building up an army. He doesn't want an army of cowards. He wants an army that's going to fight, fight in the Lord, fight for your child, fight for your community. And if you're not willing to do that, you might as well go sit on the pew where you've been sitting all these years. So it is up to us, the ones who are fighting, the ones who want this to happen, not the ones who say they want it to happen and they are all for it to happen, but don't want to put in no work, but want their name and everything or have a problem with everything because they don't want change or because their name is not being um, called out or they're not getting to be acknowledged or these things. These are the people that we are having the problem with. But when you step back and you just don't do anything, and then when someone else comes in, you have to stay sitting back or get on the bandwagon. It's not for you to cause confusion to make a person want to step back, but you have to get in the fight. And if you're not willing to get in the fight, you're going to lose. I know that was long. I'm done. <laughs> I want to say this. You guys, right now, 
Now you see, now you see where Corey get it from, right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, Corey right. had yoked with him for sure. Um, this is Tammy. Now that we're on the kids, and we'll we'll move on a little bit from here, but I think the worst thing we could do as parents is act like we've been saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost all our lives. And talking with these young people, they they start to see us as liars, and like we 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 want them to do nothing, experience nothing. I, I had a long conversation with a young young girl this weekend, and she said, all my mama te- ever tells me to do is just talk to Jesus. She said, well, sometimes I don't know what to say to Jesus, and I need somebody sitting right here to talk to. Ninth grade. Ninth grade. And she 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 says, I don't trust my mom, because they know we've not been perfect. They can look at our lives, because if they learn enough about God, the word of God, they're going to turn around and say, where is y'all's fruit that y'all keep telling us about, you know, the by their fruit? So we just need to simply be honest and say, you know what, I, I, I did this, I was a fool, I messed up, and this is why I'm able to tell you, but don't sit before these kids and act like we did nothing ever. Share your story with them. Right. You're right. Make it yes, real. Hey, uh, just, just, just a reminder, we do have one more caller, so if you guys, okay. uh, Corey and uh, Pastor, if you want to go ahead and comment, go ahead, and then we'll bring in our, our next caller. There. I tell you what, let's go ahead and bring our next caller in, 901 area code with the last four digits of 0698. Again, 901, last four digits, 0698. Call you on uh, the air. Good, evening. Uh, good evening, Rodney, Tammy. Uh, uh, good, uh, good afternoon. Hello. Yeah, hello. And big ups to my New Hope family. Uh, 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 Rodney, uh, 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 I'm thinking that you threw that question out there to or, or that comment or to generate conversation, uh, 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 because there are many examples in the Word of God where children didn't exact didn't exactly follow their family's lead. But 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 uh, anyway, uh, I, I, I'm curious: uh, Are you married? For, for first of all, and what do you deem head of the household? What does that mean uh, to, uh, to you? So 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 here's here's all I did. All I did was read a scripture from the Bible. Okay. Um, and so um, I I think that the scripture is is self-explanatory because it, it specifically states in the no, King no, no, James. No 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 no. I'm not. I, 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 I'm familiar with the uh, the uh, scripture. Uh, are you uh-huh. out a deal there about parents? Uh, 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 having uh, about people of faith having children of wealth issues, and they should be head of the household before they be head of a church. And I'm I, I, I'm interested. What is your definition as the head of a household? Does that mean everything uh, everything is perfect? Nothing goes uh, 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 not according to uh, the plan. Okay, so 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this again. It says, if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? So it's not necessarily 
Um, so, so if you want to use the word head of household or however you want to use it, it just simply states that if you want to, if you can't rule your own house, then you shouldn't be ruling God's house. And, 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 and let me say this too. Um, we all fall short of the glory of God that is in True. the Bible. True. And you can look, and you can look at uh, a whole lot of different scenarios where, uh, you know, the kid sins because the Bible says that we all fall short. However, I think that we we also we, we cannot use that as an excuse for not ruling our houses. And and so um I think I think that we know what a what a uh a dysfunctional household looks like and we know what a functional household looks like. Does it mean that there are not going to be any problems? I don't think it means that because clearly we all fall short. But I think that we all know what a functional house looks like. If your if your house is out of is out of line, if your house is out of order, if there's nothing but confusion going on in your house, if you can't lead your house, if you can't lead your family, then the scripture says, "Not Rodney." Then how shall you take care of the church of God if you can't do this in your own house? So again, it it, it doesn't say, uh, you know, that there won't be any problems. I, I think that I'm a I'm a great teacher. I think that I'm an effective school teacher. However, does it mean that my kids never talk? No. Does it mean that my kids are like the way that I want them to be every day? Absolutely not. However, if you look at my class, it's a functional class. It's an organized and structured class. I can control my class, and so. I'm going to make this last point. I'm going to turn it back over to you. We are quick to uh, pass off the blame and have a hundred different justifications as to why things are the way that they are, especially when things go bad or when there, there are problems. We have a whole lot of justifications. However, when our children are successful, I don't see us asking for 65% of the credit or 75% of the credit. No, that's my baby. That's my child. I'm so I'm so proud of them. But when things go wrong or when things go to the left, then it turns into, well, you know, well, I did all I could do, or well, it ain't my fault. It's it's either one or the other. We 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 can't we can't go back and forth. It's either hey, you know, uh, you know, it it, it was gr- it was great. Or hey, you know it was bad, you know, and it doesn't mean that like they're always my basketball team is is a really good team, but it doesn't mean that I don't go back and say hey, we could have done this better. But overall, we're a good team, so uh, hopefully, <laughs> you know that helps out. Uh, thank you. I, I appreciate your response. Okay. Thank you. you, you... <laughs> go ahead. Do you have you <laughs> We still have our caller? Oh, yeah, I'm seeing him. Okay. Corey or Pastor Somerville, do you have a comment? Yeah, I And then we'll move into the parenting and the children. We'll move on to get into some of the other concerns. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a tall order, and I'm not a doctor in psychology, but. I just, I've seen things all of my years growing up, even to the point that I am now. 
and there's some things even myself I, I don't I can't put a reason on, but at the same time we 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 got to to show love uh, and raise our kids out of love, and I I'm sure everyone that's on the panel now has done that, and then we have to live, and then I mean uh, I like what uh, Corey was saying, you know. Uh, Leaders, they're going to go through probably more, not probably, they are going to go through more in different situations than everybody that's under them because, you know, they, they you can't you can't tell someone something, but you can't hardly identify with them if you haven't experienced it. So, uh, uh where I am today, I, I could share some things that has enhanced my ministry, but all of us have a different role to follow, and and, and we don't exactly know what role that we God has called us to follow. We just got to follow, and then at the end, we have to go with Romans 8 and 28. Corey? I um I say I still still saying about what I said. I just think that we uh as I'm and I'm say us and I'm say and I'm when I refer to us, I mean it's a church because that's our topic for tonight. Is that we just have to stay yeah. diligent. We have to stay focused and we have to above all else, we have to cherish and love. But at the same time we have to be we have to be accountable. We have to be accountable. They'd be like with me and my wife. If I step up she's gonna hold me accountable. Bar none. But her standards are set high. The church standards should be set high. If, if if we are a church and we and we say we believe in the Bible, there should be our standard. There should be no swaying. There should be no there should be no gray areas, either this or that. And that's the way it should go. Now, are we gonna fall short truth? But at the same time we still should be striving for excellence excellence within the whole scenario. That should be our goal every day, all day, every day, all day. And it should become such a a recycled thought in our mind that where it becomes normal, it should be a habit. So yeah, our kids are gonna make a mistake. Should I pay for it? No, but I should, and, and I should be asking myself and looking in the mirror and know that I did my best. If I can yeah. truly say to myself that I did my best, I did my part. I, I put myself out there through all their mistakes and through all their glory. I'm still, gonna, I'm still going to be their parent. I should be able to claim it on both sides, like Rodney said. I got to take the good with the bad. I can't have one without the other. That's my yeah. opinion on that. Okay. And, and, and I, we have some comments in the chat room, so I want to we want to make sure that we get some of those out. Um, I want to I want to just kind of close out on that part with saying, you know, here here I think is where the test lies, and then I think maybe um, I don't know if you said this, Corey or, or Yankee or Wise, but you know, for instance, if if a if a leader of a church if if they ha- if they have an, an unruly, a unruly child who is who is doing whatever. And I know one pastor whose whose daughter, right here in Memphis, whose daughter uh, got pregnant. She was in the choir and, and and active, and he told her, "You are welcome to come, but you 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 will not be able to do what you've been doing." Period. I think when a pastor can step up and hold people accountable to the word of word of God, not just in his home. And I feel one reason pastors have such a struggle with their home because. I find that pastors, many pastors, let so much go within the church because of those tithes and those offerings that come in. I think that we would rather have money than truth. 
We will get rather give you a little something so that we can get a lot more from you than call you out or call you according to the word of God. So I think it's a breakdown all over, especially in the home of not just pastors but but, but parents as well, because we're too busy to raise kids today. We're so distracted. And like Rodney said, I, I like the Corey pulled that part out. We want to praise them when they are 100%. But when they go down to this part, you know, it's the it's society's fault or it's the world's fault. But, again, taking it back to the church, back in my day, it was always something going on at church, always something for me to do, always open for me to go to, whatever the reason, whether I was with my grandmother or, or with others, but there was always something to do, always. And we just let these kids go because we are always doing something, period. So where does the church, where, where does, where, what is the church's role? I think I heard, heard just Pastor Somerville talking about what they're trying to do for the youth there. Because we have a church on every corner, especially here in Memphis, there is no reason that our children, especially in poverty areas, that they should not have an outsource, a, a, a source after school to go and, and either work, work on their homework or be tutored. It should, it should not be the case, period. And so I'll go into this question here before, and when we, when we take our question and comments out of the chat room, do you, do you feel that the church is directly responsible for addressing poverty and the developmental needs of the community? So when we come back from, from getting our answers out, our questions out of the chat room, I want everybody to, ask that, to answer that question. Do you feel that the church is directly, again, directly responsible for addressing poverty and the development needs of the community? Uh, Ronnie, do you want to go in our chat room and take, take the questions and comments from there? Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and read those, um, and, and bear with us, guys. It kind of goes back to uh, uh, the beginning of the conversation, uh, um, and it says, um, I don't think we need a church on every corner. What we need is people that have the heart of God willing to share their testimony uh, and meeting the needs of others. Um, Tammy, you may have to pick this back up because for some reason it, it disconnected me from the chat room. Okay. Yeah, there's something going on with mine. I was disconnected. You guys didn't didn't even know that I was gone, but it disconnected me totally off the phone. I had to call back in. But uh, let's see, where did you leave off here? Um, I'm all the way up at the top, and uh, I just read uh, uh, Dr. Coretta's first comment, uh, and then then it disconnected. (laughs) Okay. All right. Let's see here. Um. Okay, I'm always so this is this I'm just gonna start at the top here. I'm always politically incorrect. I guess that's my gift. I don't think we need a church in every corner. What we need is people that have the heart of God willing to share their testimony in meeting the needs of others, not only physical, but emotionally and spiritually. Um, let's see. Uh, she says, um, uh, well, I'm going to have to read the others because this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. And then Rodney um, commented, people that speak a message that contradicts the Bible have not been called, my very very own personal opinion. And she says, great uh, comments. I'm going, oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have read that one. Uh, the heart of God is very important. Most people don't have. Uh, let's see here. Okay. 
kind of hard because we're kind of moved on from here. Uh, she says she, hip, hypocrisy. Uh, let's see. All right, we have we have one from Skyview. Whether parenting, marriage, work, or church, there is no room for laziness or self selfishness. If you put in the work in any of the uh, aforementioned, your fruits will blossom. Okay, so that's from Skyview. Okay, and that's talking about our kids, I believe, uh, when we were on the subject of our kids. Okay, and then lastly, we are not perfect. We cannot stop working because we are not perfect, but we should continue to do the work God has equipped us to do. The difference is in Matthew 7, 5, how, how you get the speck of your brother's eye before you get the speck out of your eye, the log in your own eye, she says. So, um, again, that's talking about the children and, and being pastors being able to, you know, not control of their home, but but being pastor over a church. So, if I don't know who would like to take this question first, if we could maybe go to Pastor Somerville. And the question was before going in the chat room was, do you feel that the church is directly responsible for addressing poverty and the developmental needs of the community? Why or why not? I, I think a church should do everything they can for the community that they are, are financially um, capable of doing. Um, my wife and I, we we we've been blessed to not have to be. We do our ministry from us. We don't. We don't depend on uh, finances from the church. Uh, we've been blessed. Everything we do, we do because we love the Lord and we love people. Um, certainly, uh, I would do everything I can uh, for for people that are on poverty simply because I love people. Uh, uh, why not? The only reason why I wouldn't help is if they were, if, if I'm, if I'm not financially able to help or to assist. If New Hope was not financially able to assist, then again that, that can get sticky because um, some people will use the church for the for a crutch. So a man of God has to be wise. They have to have a, a life of of, of of prayer, but. Any leader love people are going to love uh, their heart is going to go out to people that are in poverty. Uh, and the, the, the main thing, the main uh, issue for the church is to, to, to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. And sometimes it's hard to meet the needs of people if they had spiritual needs, if they have physical needs. And Jesus, he knew that there were people following him just for the fishes and the loaves. So he addressed that issue, and then he ministered to them. Uh, so I, I, I think the church has a, a heavy load, but at the same time, they should. I think they should do all they can do, and and then they have to be led by God as well. Okay, Corey. All right, I'm I'm, a, I'm gonna throw this out there. Uh, I, I think one. 
well, one of the main things for the church is to help the poor. Uh, and one of the things I, and I said earlier is that above all things is charity. Right, he threw it out. Most people use the word love and charity interchangeable, and you can use that depending on what dialect you're using. But also in Proverbs, also in Proverbs 19:7 says, "Who is whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and He will repay them for His deed." That right there is telling you that you 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 are obligated to me to help the poor. You're in a position. If you're in that position, that's your obligation. Is to help the man that's below you. Because at the end of the day, we all in this together. We all human. Regardless, we black, white, whatever. We all are human. And if, if if a society is dictated by the poorest people in society, it's never dictated by the rich. If you look at the Romans, if you look at the uh, if you look at the people before the Romans, if you look at the Aztec Indians, they all decided upon how their poor people live. So if your poor people are super poor, your rich people will never even get even richer. So you have to help the poor. It, it's, 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 to me, it's, it's one of the foundations of the church is to help the poor. You know, that's one of those things I, I think we must do that Not only that too, is that I think one of the problems with the church Is that we try to take on too much And we we lose our focus on what we want to do mm-hmm. uh, I was I was talking to the uh, pastor This uh, Sunday we were talking about that He said sometimes we, we, we know a lot of problems We see a lot of problems And we try to handle mm-hmm. them all And then all of a sudden you get nothing to accomplish Because you got so many irons in the fire You get tired Because you don't have no people in the church working You got 100,000 members But you only got five workers so therefore, you lose focus. You get tired. You lose the energy. Therefore, the the, the church becomes useless. It be, it becomes just a building again. Now, if we stay focused on and have an agenda, if we stay focused and when we have on what we want to do and what we're trying to achieve, when we're trying to achieve it, the energy is spent only on certain things. Therefore, you can accomplish more faster than you could if you just do it on a whole bunch of other things. I think we just need to stay focused at the church. We need to give, and we need to be cheerful givers. Not giving because we want something in return, but give because you have it to give. Give it, and then if if you know if the Lord bless you in return, then yeah, so be it. If He does not, so be it. But give it because this it's just there. You have extra, and that's just that's how I see it. I just think we need to change our mentality. A lot of us we give because we want something in return. If I don't get anything in return, I'm not going to do it. If I don't think I'm gonna, I'm going to uh, come out on top, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to give it to you. Because you might get more than I got, so therefore I'm gonna keep you down here so I can feel better about myself. We have to start finding out our way of loving ourselves first, loving ourselves better, seeing ourselves for who we really are. When we look in the mirror, if we if we don't love who we are, we need to change that person. So when I change that person who I'm seeing in the mirror, when I look at the next person, I can give him you know freely. And like my wife just whispered in my ear, and not expect that person to change because you gave it to him. Because a person is going to be a person. Such a what the way the way a man thinks he's going to be. You can't change the way a man thinks. But what you can do, you can show them kindness. You can show them kindness, and you can show them the meekness part of it. Because that's what the church failed to do these days. Is that we go out there, we we beat them down, we dog them out, and then we also we want them to come into service. What we need to do is to show them on in our daily walk who we are and how we are, and then show them how it should be and how it could be, and then allow them to make up their mind which way they want to go. So, so, so that being said, you guys, do you feel that? Because, because Corey, the first time I met you, you were talking about, and you mentioned tonight, pimps in the pulpit. Do you feel that tithe, the, the the tithing that is received by the members, do you think that the money is being used properly to build God's people in, in the kingdom and and to address poverty and the development needs of the of the community in which that church resides in? Do you touch on that for me, both of you, please? All right. 
Uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna go first. I'll press you. Want to go first, and I'll follow behind. Go you. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Okay. Hey, today, now, you, um, I'm gonna set. I'm gonna set you up for who I who I was before who I am right now. So I'm gonna go to the past. Before you get me about five months ago, there's no well paying ties to nobody. I'm not giving you my money. I come to listen to you preach, but you ain't getting my money. You ain't giving you a dime because I don't know what you're doing with it. I'm not gonna sit up there and go work hard, do 80, 80 hours overtime and give you my money. You know, so I can be paying my bills. I can be paying my car note. I take my grandkids out. That's what was, that was my mentality. But as I started listening, started watching my wife when we started talking. You know, it's just me just watching her. And and as I now in the church I'm at now, the perspective is different because in order to for the church to be there, they need that money. And it's not up to me to decide on what they do with it, and because the life's got to be paid. You know, there are certain things that need to be done, water, lights, all types of stuff. Now, do I think there's there's accountability? Yes. If the church has overflow, that accountability should go to them to want to help the community out. If the bills are paid, everything is lined in order. There's nothing being needed by the church itself to keep those lights on, to keep giving word, God's word out. Then, yes, you are obligated to go to the community. You're obligated to go out there, beat them streets down, and give to the poor. But don't be a fool. Give to them. Give them the word of God. Show them who you are. Put your name out there and then let God handle the rest. Because you can't do what God can do. Your God, your job is to go out there and, and deliver the word, give them your kindness, and then let God do the rest. And I agree totally, 100%. Uh, um, I was always ready we, to, 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 to support the ministry. And I, I I I understand what Corey was saying. In some cases, I've talked to people that um, that felt the way he felt five months ago. Uh, and if I'm gonna sit on the leader and pay ten, fifteen percent of my income, I want to believe in my heart. You, you're not gonna know a hundred percent about every penny, but I want to believe in my heart that they are handling the finances that come through that, that church or those doors uh, respectfully, because they're going to have to give an account for that as well. Uh, and if I didn't feel like it was, I can't say that I would belong uh, to a, or support a ministry that I don't think is handling finances right. Now, I've been around, uh, I, I deal more with finances now and New Hope than I have in years past because I have a different role here now. But I, I've always talked to my pastor. He's always uh, taught me, you know, about finances in church. People that don't, if, if, if you know someone can't handle their own finances, uh, they shouldn't handle the finances at the church. But at the same time, yes, I I I I think that the the money, there are people, there are needs that are, that comes up in the church. Those needs need to be addressed. Sometimes members are able to come back and say, I got this from the church, I can do this, and then sometimes there's not. There's not a problem here. But at the same time, you have to be wise, and you have to be a good steward over what God has given you. And to be honest, I would be afraid to misuse God's money. 
Uh, I'm going to go back to uh, the, the the first um, question that you asked, Tammy, uh, and then I'll, and then I'll come back to the the uh, the tithes and offerings. Um, I don't think that the church should be directly responsible uh, for the poverty, uh, simply because I think that I think that it is unfair to put the entire burden on the church on the entire responsibility because. Um, I think that you have to look at why people are poor. And if you are poor, um, if you are poor and you you can help being poor, um, you're just being lazy or whatever the case may be, then then I don't, you know, you, you can't necessarily put that on, on the church. Now, if you're disabled or something like that, yeah, I, I completely get that. But I think that, you know, you have to look at it and say, okay, why is this person poor? Um, and then the other thing is this: um, what, what I what I do see uh, that that I have a problem with is I have a problem with um, you know the members. On the other hand, the members being taxed and burdened um, about money, but yet you know. Um, you know, you're seeing, you know, certain people in the church with certain things, and 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 the way I am, and I and I thought I had read something similar in the Bible, but I can't seem to find it. But the way I am is this: if if I have a ministry, everybody within my ministry is going to be blessed. Like the lady we had a couple months ago said, you know, when she when when she did have a ministry. There was not one person within that ministry who was lacking, and I'm not saying that you know when you first start a church or what you know that that you're going to be able to make sure that everybody's well taken care of. But what I am saying is that uh, I have a, I have a problem when I see um, churches bringing in lots of money, and you know the pastor has four and five cars, luxury cars, and their people. There are people walking or taking public transportation. Um, you know, I have a problem when I see, uh, you know, people buying private jets, but yet there are people in your church who are struggling. And these are people who are who are trying. These are people who who want to do right, who want to do well, but yet these people are struggling. And so you're te- you're you're steady, you know, making yourself look good, but then your members. Are continuously having to put money into the church, yet the members aren't get, getting anything out of it. Me personally, I have a problem with that. Um, as far as the tithes and offerings go, um, I think that it, uh, you know, uh, when it comes to tithes and offerings, I, I would encourage everyone uh, to read the scriptures and not just you know always go off of what you hear because there's so many scriptures in the Bible about tithes and offerings, about giving. Um, so I would encourage, uh, and we don't, obviously don't have enough time to go through that, but I would encourage everyone to to look at that because I, I feel like uh, I, I've seen so many people uh, be taken advantage of because of certain scriptures in the Bible when it comes to tithes and offerings. So I would encourage everyone to, you know, learn the Lord for yourself and, you know, um, if your because if your heart is not in it anyway, then what what good is it doing you? You can give the church 
half of your of your income. If your if your heart isn't in it, then what good is it? Um, so I, I would encourage everyone to to um, you know look at the scriptures and go from there. Okay. I, can I say one more thing? I, it, it takes. Sure. I, I think leaders in churches should be um, taken care of, um, and it, there. I, I believe in that. Is scripture and giving. Uh, and we should give, and we should be a cheerful giver. I believe that, you know, if your heart, God, if you give something grudgingly, it's best that you not have given it. Uh, but when you, when you, I, I've been in churches where monies have been misused, but in the same breath, if I believe in a leader, in, in the churches that I have been a part of, because I was in the Navy and I was, Station in the church that people were taking money because the pastor wasn't able to and monitor everything. But um, I believe in tithing and offering because uh, it takes money to minister to people. Um, and at the same time, leaders, members of the church that handles money, it, it has to be handled wisely. All right, uh, I, let me let me jump. All right, let me jump in back in real quick. And, and I totally agree with him. I think that's the problem with uh, a lot of things that go. There's a lot of things that goes on with with our uh, with our whole scenario with the kids that we're referring to. It comes back. It comes back to the accountability part. Not only come back to the accountability part because it's what you put in is what you're going to get out. And I think we were talking about the the night that we were all discussing. And that, that's what's wrong with the, with our community. Is that we're so angry and we're so frustrated, and that's what this, that's the stuff that we put out so much, and then and we wonder why we keep on getting the same thing back. You know, we we put out that anger, we put out that frustration, but we're expecting to get something positive back. You can't get positive out of negative in no kind of way. So in order right. to change that, we we must start doing more positive things. We must become more quieter and stronger in our approach. You know, you know, we need to take this like like it would be like a mom. You know how it is when you was little, and you and you got that that mom. She ain't got a whoop you. She just look at you, and you automatically know that it was something wrong. That's how we must become as community. Is where we're not so much talking, but we're more action. We know that if we do this, this is going to be our outcome. If we do this, this is going to be our outcome. It's going to be more positive. Right now, we're so frustrated. We out there cussing everybody out. We want to beat everybody up. We want to. We just want to. We want to march everybody down, and we just want to take everything we get, and it's all negative. We're talking about so much negative energy. Let's reverse that. That's what this this program is about. Let's reverse what we do. Let's do something different. Let's come yeah. back and make it more positive in what we do. Let's put out something that's positive that, that, that is beneficial to everybody, and then let's see what comes back to us. Because if you put out positive, somewhere along the way, positive got to come back. I might not see it, but my I got yeah. kids coming up. They're going to see it. It is not about me anymore. It's not about me. It's about my kids and my grandkids. So if I put out that positive energy, if I put out those positive thoughts, those positive things, and, and work in the community, work with the church and put those things out, the only thing I can get back at the end 
either through my kids or through me, it's going to be that positive return. And that's what this event is about. That's why we're trying to focus on the kids. Give them a voice. Give them a positive avenue. Give them a way of saying, hey, I'm hurting too. I have a voice. I can show you how to fix this if you just listen. And that's what we're trying to do with this. Hey, this is Rodney. Uh, we we have another uh, caller on the line. I believe this is another caller, uh, but but if not, uh, this is one of our uh, callers from before. Uh, please let us know if you have a question or comment. Uh, but we're gonna bring in area code nine zero one zero five four six. Caller, you on the air? Hi, it's me again. Hi. Um, <laughs> hi. <laughs> Um, just we've gotten all off track. Uh, I mean, I'm listening, listening. We're talking about tithing. We're talking about a lot of things, but we're supposed to be throwing, you know, the youth, what we're supposed to be doing as the youth. And I'm glad Corey brought it back around because that's what it boils down to. If we're teaching our kids to be stingy with those tithes and all that, and we're teaching them not to work in the church and we're teaching them not, they don't have to say yes when a, when someone asks them, do they need, can they work? Or can they get in this or can they get in? And we're allowing our youth that we control, that we still have control over, and we're allowing them to make their own decisions when it comes to God because sometimes they're not of the age or the understanding or have been taught that this is what they need to work in the vineyard, the byways and the highways. So if we're going about it that way, honey, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it, Then and we're leaving it at that, then we're setting them up for failure. When it comes to the Lord, because now we want to understand why why you don't want to live for God. Well, you didn't teach me. You told me it was okay to say no. That's what you taught me. You taught me that it was okay to tell sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so and so or pastor so-and-so that if they come and ask you to do something in the church for you to say no, if that's not what you want to do. So when it when it comes to the the important thing, because we got to understand this is the generation that's being left. So we can get sidetracked, off track, back on track, whatever we want to do, but the focus is the youth. And until we're ready to focus in on that and not all the things that surround the issues or the, the things that we feel is important, because it comes down to the youth. And we're doing less talking about what to do with the youth than we are about what the church is actually doing uh, inside of the church, because we still haven't figured out how to get out to the community. We still haven't figured out how to make the community a better uh, place, because even though we go in those four walls and we give God everything we got, we pay our tithes, we faithful, we showing up, we working, we doing everything else. But when we come outside those four walls, we got gunmen that are 13, 12, 15 years old killing us or beating us or jumping on elderly people or smoking dope and doing all these things. We got all this outside. So we, we need to stop worrying about what's going on in the in, in the church so much and get out there in the community because, like I say, everybody in the church say they saved, right? So let's get out in the community. Let's work on getting this community more involved so they'll see that there is one church on one block, on one street, 1525 Wooden Road, okay, in Covington, Tennessee, 38019, that that church right there, we love you. Community, stinking and all, dirty and all, drunk and all, high and all, prostituting and all. We love you. And that's what we, 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 we need to focus on that. 
And once we get that right there, we're going to be better because we're focusing on the wrong things because people going to pay their tithes or they're not going to pay their tithes. That's just that on it. People going to misuse the money or not misuse the money. Let me jump in for a minute because I think it's – I asked that question. I'm going to have to disagree with you there because it's important to me because our kids see their parents going in, paying this money, and I think one of the fastest and quickest ways to, to anger a child is to, to have him living in poverty and his mother or father is going down paying a pimp in the pulpit. So, yeah, it's about the kids, but it also is about what's taking place in that church because if we're wanting kids to come into church to get the word, then we got to make sure that that word is being put out fulfilled and delivered and people are being held accountable because if they don't, they're going to do what most kids do, see that y'all are a bunch of hypocrites. Y'all come in here, y'all preach, and y'all let us go back to our same hell every day. You do nothing about our our schools. We live we live in poverty. We go to school in poverty out here in this poverty area, but you let across the railroad track. It's this lovely over there. So we are sending mixed messages. So we can't just address, just address the youth without addressing those issues inside of the church that the youth are exposed to. It, it makes them angry. So where do we go from here and the role? It, it, tithing plays a great part because, again, if that mother is giving this pastor because she put this pastor before God and this this young man in, in dark and the lights are cut off because the pastor said pay the tithes and not pay your life bill, that young man ain't going to want to hear nothing about God. Oh, I understand what you're saying, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. We're not... We're not talking about getting the pastor rich. We're talking about doing what the word of God says. The the word of God says pay your 10% your tithes and offering. The word of God says pay your tithes and your offering. So the thing about it, and I'm going to give you a story real quick. Um, I come to Covington with $250 a child. We lost you. Uh, <laughs> I think we lost. I think we lost our caller. Uh, call if if you uh, if, if you could get uh, back online. Uh, definitely uh, press the number one twice. Uh, that way we'll it, it'll take you out and then you can come back in. Um, can you can you guys? We have a lot of people on the line uh, from the from the uh, the Tennessee area. Uh, can you guys give out that information again for uh, for the event this Saturday? You want to do that for me? Of course. I'll go ahead. Let me let me go. Okay. He may be trying to get his mic back on. Okay. You gotta you gotta Miss uh, so, Sammy. You gotta uh, schedule or a program. Yes, um, it's at New Hope Christian Church. Um, this Saturday from 3 to 6 o'clock, and the, the address is 1525 Wooten Street, and that's W-O-O-T-E-N, correct? Is that correct for the spelling that's of the street? Yes, it Covington, is. Covington, Tennessee, um, and we're going to be there from 3 to 6. And, again, uh, they have a, a number of youth speakers just addressing basically where do we go from here. And in order to, to determine that, I think, like, again, Corey, the organizer of the event, is having the youth come in because they have such passion about moving forward 
in order to to address where do we go from here, it is important for to understand where do they think we are, where do we think we are in in every um, area um, of this. So if you guys can come out again, it's this Saturday. I, I'm 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 my son is is one of the speakers as well. Uh, we have Knowledge Nick. For those of you who are in the Memphis area, you may know uh, Knowledge Nick. We have Lawrence Nuera Crozier. He is the founder of 901 Evolution and Subliminal Thought. Uh, let's see, who else do we have? Val Lott, who is a poetic, poetic youth activist. And she's coming from Arkansas. And I don't know if Corey's back on with us. Corey, am I missing anybody? No, we have another well, pastor, pastor, uh, pastor, pastor Somerville. Uh, what, what's the yes. other pastor's name? Oh, he's not a pastor. Mike Bercy. Uh, he He's assistant pastor in Emmanuel Temple. Uh, he'll be with us as well. Mike Bercy. Okay. Mike Bercy. Okay. Okay. I'll add his name to the, uh, to the event page as well. So that's what... It's about Corey. You want to talk some more about what what can be expected as far as the program, and then we'll we'll bring it to an end. We're approaching ten o'clock here. Yeah. Okay. With the event, what we're gonna do is when we're gonna have a uh, a couple of songs. We're gonna have a, a, a skit because Lawrence and actually they're gonna be their youth is gonna be presenting a skit. Uh, then we're probably gonna have another skit from there. But I think I'm gonna do a skit uh, as well. And then I'm uh, I might like you said I'll be speaking. Uh, what we want to do, if we have time at the end, we want to have a roundtable discussion, is put some ideas on the table that we all can gather around, come up with something that we can do collectively. Because I need, for, and I need, we need for this event to be not a one-time off thing. I don't want this to be like, oh, y'all had this event because it's Black History Month. To me, that's neither here nor there. What this event needs to do is start, so it start needs to put some seeds in the ground so we can start planting right. some things. So, so therefore, our next event, you know, because I said, I would, like I was telling you, Tim, I want to do an event in Memphis. Then I want to do one in Little Rock. Then I want to do another one. Then So when we, when we talk about this again next year on the same date at the same time, it's a packed house because I want this to be to become a network event. I want that where Brandon, Brandon, what Brandon is doing, I want that to become a known event for everybody because what he's doing is great. What Nick got going on, I want everybody to know about that. What Val's doing with her youth, I want everybody to know. And how can we connect each other and make us a, a moving moving force, you know, because everybody's looking at this Black Lives Matters movement, but it hasn't solved anything. It hasn't done anything viable yet. We need something viable that we can grab, that we can we, we can feel, we can see, that's actually making a change within the community. And then that's what, I, this, that's what, this, that's what you can expect from this, is to have some action plan that we as individuals can do and to use and to make our own neighborhoods better. All right, all right. Any any final words? Uh, anybody want to want to comment on anything that we've discussed tonight before we bring it to a close? And we'll give out the address one more time. Um, and if you miss it or you lose it, there's an event page on there. But we'll give all that at the end before closing out for sure. Any final words, uh, Pastor Somerville or or Corey? Yeah, I'll let Pastor Somerville go uh, first. Oh, I just like to say I truly thank you all uh, for allowing me to be on the show tonight. I um, it's been a great pleasure. I've uh, I'm thankful to have met. Uh, I enjoyed you too, Rodney and Tammy, and uh, I, I know Nick and Brandon. I met them, and I know Corey. I think it's going to be good on 
on uh, Saturday. And uh, I just thank you all for allowing me to be on the show tonight. And I'm looking for some great things to come. Uh, Corey and I talked Sunday about the same thing. Uh, We want to reach our young people, and we have to be smart about it. And most of all, we're going to have to show a lot of love and prayer with you. All right, all right, Corey. All right, um, same. I pick it back up what the pastor just said. I, I, I want us to speak. I want us to get a quiet voice, but a stern look. I want us to be where we can just look out into the community and be quiet, but be very strong and diligent in what we're doing to be focused. I, I want us to not to be so harsh, but be more loving and more caring to dish out those things that we want to return to show our kids that you don't have to be hard to be accepted, to show them that you have a voice, but but you don't have to go out there and just tell everybody about it, that we are listening, that we do care, that we do understand, that we have been where you've been. I want us to be that one. I want us, I want us everybody's listening, to take that mantle and say, okay, what can I do with one child, just one? If I can save one, and then he can save one, and then he can save one, we can have a greater impact. So I, I need for this event, and I'm praying for this event, that I know the first one's not going to be as great as we think it's going to be, but if we keep on going at it, we keep on being in the streets, all of us collectively, we can make this happen. We can change this whole thing around to where we're no longer a neighborhood, that we actually become a community. And then we also can go in and start holding each other accountable for things that we're doing, for the mess that we put out, and that we can actually say, hey, at the end of the day, I did my part. Rodney, any final words? Yep, I, I am here. Do you want to go ahead and uh, give out the address one more time, Tammy, uh, before I close the show? Um, yeah, um, let's do that. 1525 Wooten Street, and that's in Covington, Tennessee, and the name of the church is New Hope Christian Church. From 3 to 6, we do ask that you arrive on time, perhaps maybe a, a little bit early so that you can get in and then pre- be prepared to stay for the roundtable, as Corey mentioned, um, you know, open discussion type roundtable about, you know, again, what we learned and, and where do we go from here. And, again, I just want to ex- to, to really express and, and, and make sure that you guys realize it is so important that determining where we go from here is also about knowing where you are as personally where you are, uh, spiritually, all the above, um, because in order to feed, you have to make sure that you that you are whole and you are complete. So I just ask everybody to come out and, and take part of this event and help out in any way that you can. Do share the event. There is an event page on Facebook. It is a free event. Um, if you have problems finding it, you can contact me on Facebook. I'm listed as Tammy Gator, or you can give me a call directly at 901-830-6088. Again, 901-830-6088. If I can't answer your question, I'll put you in, in touch with Corey, who, again, is the event organizer, and we're just kind of helping make this event a success. Um, that being said, I think that is all I have, Rodney. I'm going to turn it back over to you. All righty. Well, we want to thank everyone uh, for tuning in to tonight's show. I, I saw that we had so many callers. Uh, we had several people in the chat room, uh, some comments on Facebook. 
So we want to thank everyone for tuning in to tonight's show and not just tuning in, but, but getting involved in the conversation because I think that is something uh, that that is always critical. Um, the more voices, uh, the better, um, just because it's always good to get multiple perspectives. It's always good to get information out there and, uh, because we are all working towards a common goal. We do want to thank Pastor Somerville for being on the show, and thank you so much, Pastor. Go ahead. I do want to tell everybody, I did tell you guys that I was going to look for this. uh, forgot to tell you. I'm going to post this. My house shall be called A House of Prayer by Jim Cimbala. I'm going to post it on my page and on the in the event page, and I just ask you guys to to, to listen to that. Um, it, it will truly bless you. So I wanted to just let you know that to go back and look for it. It's, my house shall be called a house of prayer, and I'm going to post it on my page. I'll post it on Rodney's too, and then in the event page. Sorry about that, Rodney, but I want to let them know to go back and search for it. Oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. I forgot that you said it, so I'm glad that you were able to find it. Uh, but we do want to thank Pastor Somerville for being on and, and definitely uh, – I believe is is hosting the event uh, at, at his church in in uh, in Tennessee. Um, I do want to encourage everyone uh, who is able to attend uh, to please be there uh, and don't just go, but but invite some young people to go with you. Uh, Corey, thank you so much for being on the show. I, I remember uh, a few weeks ago when uh, Corey helped me uh, co-host the show, Tammy. So uh, definitely a great brother. Always always glad to have you on, Corey. Um, as we as we close the show uh, tonight, um, I want to remind everybody of Proverbs, the 22nd chapter and the 6th verse, and it says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. We want to, again, thank you guys for tuning into the show. Uh, we hope that you have a blessed week. We hope that you have a great night, and we'll definitely see you back here next Monday, same time and same station. Good night, everybody.
somebody keep telling me don't hang around. It's been a long, a long time coming, but I know a change gonna come. Oh, yes it will. Then I go to my brother And I say, brother, help me please But he winds up knocking me Oh 